0: Hi, Sarge here from... Uh, for fuck's sake, you know where I'm from. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to remind you all that, um... We get a teespring. And even though you're broke and you're stuck in your house... If you wanted a cool t-shirt to be stuck in your house in... Uh, if you use the promo code We Love You, That's all one word. W-E-L-O-V-E-Y-O-U. You'll get free shipping on a shirt from us. And you can, uh... You can wear while you pretend you're at the beach, but you're really just pouring salt water into your bath and sticking your feet in there, maybe throwing a couple of floating sharks. Listen, I don't want to tell you how to have a good time, but, God, I hope you're drinking. Anyway, uh, long story short, we love you. Please take care of yourselves. Stay in the house. Wear a mask. And, uh, I don't know, vote, probably, when that comes around. It'll probably come around before our next episode. So, anyway, uh... Thanks for listening.
1: The Citizen's go to the Supernormal
0: Hello! How are you? We're in lovely fucking New Hampshire, where the mosquitoes outnumber the cows, and the cows outnumber the people.
2: But we're in a screened-in porch, so it doesn't matter. If you like the colors green and brown, have I got a state for you. Laura, what do you think?
1: Where are we again? New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Is that where all these trees are here, huh?
0: Yeah, would explain the crickets for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's very loud.
0: We decided since we're on vacation together as a family, uh, we would uh, record outside on the porch, but um, not too outside. So we've got a screened in porch that we're going to record this while the kids are watching fucking, I don't know, Dr. Seuss something.
2: Do they still watch Dr. Seuss?
0: Yeah, I believe they're watching the Lorax right now. Oh, wow. Hey, cool. Yeah. That
1: is also about trees,
0: I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's tree about themed. saving the trees. The Lorax tree, that's what it is. It's about not using too many of the resources that you have available to you. Oh. I, I believe. No, oh. That's good for kids.
1: This is, a yeah. tree, this is a tree-themed week, I think.
0: Well, yeah, because we mo- went to a place surrounded by them. The entire state is basically just a pine tree with different rocks.
1: Yes, it smells like Christmas all the time.
0: It does, which is nice. It's nice, unless you've got bad memories of Christmas. And then don't come here, because you're not going to like it. No. Especially because there's a goddamn Christmas tree or- ornament store in every fucking town.
2: And we passed a Christmas tree shop, your favorite place.
0: I can't find a beer store to save my life, but if I needed a Christmas ornament, I could tell you 25 places to get one. All right. Uh, so, uh, barring all that, it's been a great vacation. I've seen Maynard without his shirt on, which is pretty normal because he does that in his backyard. Yeah, I mean, it gets it
2: gets hot back there.
0: It does. It does. But that's mostly because you always have a fire burden because you're constantly trying to destroy evidence.
2: Yeah, it's how else would you destroy evidence?
0: Uh, by not committing crimes. Step one.
2: Not necessarily crimes. I just...
0: Well, yeah, we don't know about them because you burned all the evidence. I'm pretty sure we're gonna do an episode of this show about your life eventually. Oh, that could be fun. It would be, but you wouldn't be here. You'd be in jail.
2: Oh.
1: Oh, it's like that—that Tiger, Tiger King.
0: Yeah, He's he'd, in be jail. Like, he'd be like drinking Mai Tais with Tiger King. They serve Mai Tais in jail, like Virgin ones. Oh, really? Ooh.
2: It's like would it be more like toilet wine or? Well,
0: they would make it with toilet wine. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of how it works. All right. Anyway, let's get started. So, for those of you who's this is their first show, welcome to the Citizen's Guide to the Supernormal. For everyone else, you fucking know where you are anyway. This is a podcast dedicated to the weird, unexplained, and all things sticky, stupid, and uncomfortable. Like being the guy who has to tell Joe Biden to stop smelling children. My name is Sarge, with me is Maynard, and not joining us as usual tonight is our dedicated researcher and writer, Jordan. Because he's fucked off somewhere else, I guess. However, Laura is here. Hello. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Bastard Prophet. Maynard is at Maynard Rules and Laura is at nature underscore B underscore Laura. The show is at C underscore G underscore supernormal because God forbid we don't use a fucking underscore.
2: <laughs> Dude, I went viral on Twitter last week. Were you, you there for did. that?
0: Did you see that? I was out of control. How many likes are you up to it's now? It's like 20,000 something. 20,000 is insane.
2: Yeah, I and mean, I didn't even make it. It was just a stupid video of a fake
0: octopus. I think my entire tweet library maybe has 20,000 likes. Out of and, 50, 000 and, and, and it was the
2: most, you know, it's it's the most innocuous thing. I wish you could plan to go viral, but you just can't. Yeah, it's you just can't. Like, no,
0: it just happens. It's like, it's oh, okay.
2: look, my octopus looks like an alien. And like, the thing I was is, it's like, why be is everybody latching onto
0: this because it's, it's relatable everyone I, I think looks at an octopus and goes god damn it that looks like Trump's neck
2: and everybody's like well you know that's <laughs> not real and done. I'm like dude it's just I I didn't make it I just, and then they're like well this guy actually created it and he's not getting the credit I'm like good, good job I just saw it on Twitter right. and I retweeted it I yeah he gets it. the
0: credit at the bottom of your tweet so fucking yeah I relax. did I
2: was like hey g- good job this guy with a private Twitter account make your Twitter public and take the accolades dude
0: <sighs> unbelievable holy smokes Anyway, if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we need your love. And if you really, really like our show, you can help support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Destroyer. Your subscriptions will help us make some great content in the future. We actually just got a new uh, patron. Oh, And wow. I'm trying to look up her name because I'm a goddamn idiot and didn't do this shit beforehand she's uh she's on the five dollar level her name is Aaliyah. i hope i said that right it's l e l y a e l y a Aliyah? I feel like that's Elia mm-hmm. maybe Elia it's very pretty please drop us a message so i don't destroy your name any further all right um so anyway um uh, please visit us on patreon we'll give you a shout out we'll tell you we love you and we'll send you stuff if, uh, depending on what what uh, tier you're going on. Um,
2: and thank you, thank you, for all of our patrons.
0: All of our patrons. There's some. I know was not a ton of you, but of, if if you
2: just now during, you know, Alia during, during this period, in yeah, life, honestly,
0: especially during now,
2: COVID and where people are out of work, and you decided to throw us your hard-earned money, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate Seriously.
0: it. We also we uh, we have our a Teespring that we'll put in the notes again. Um, and the, the, uh, promotion that we announced at the beginning of the show, before the show starts, we'll talk about, uh, you get free shipping within the United States. So pretty good deal. All right. Uh, and then if you go on the Patreon, you actually get, uh, even bigger discounts, like 10, I think it's five, 10 and 20% or 10, 15,
2: 20%. All sorts of codes on there.
0: Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. We'll, uh, we'll drop the link, um, and uh, thank you and then finally if you have any comments or questions you can email us directly at citizensguidepodcast at gmail.com alright now that that's out of the way buckle up gang Saj has a story also fucking bonus because I'm using a tablet now so I didn't get any booze on my keyboard oh nice right? nice yeah now to let's
2: talk about stupid sticky and uncomfortable right <laughs> Saj's keyboard
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, there, there'll be no more booze on my keyboard. So now all I got to do is clean off the cum. All right, so. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> the year was 1918. World War I comes to an end and everyone agrees that Germany has probably learned its lesson. <coughs> the Spanish <laughs> flu appears in the United States. And due to a lack of internet service in the early 1900s, no one knows that essential oils and ocean water can cure it. A civil war starts in Finland and then abruptly ends just months later, definitively proving that those guys finish way too early. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... All right, fuck you guys. The town of Codell, Kansas is hit with a tornado, marking the third time in as many years on the exact same fucking date that this town was hit with a tornado. Because clearly no one in Codell, Kansas can take a fucking hint. Finally, 1918 is a bicentennial anniversary in New Orleans in a really fucking dangerous time to be an Italian in that city. A murderous degenerate, as the police described, would go on to kill six and severely wound another six. Most of them being Italian grocery store owners and their families. Now, while it may seem weird that a French-Cajun city would have so many Italians, the truth is immigrants from northern Italy had been in New Orleans since before the Civil War. However, the need for cheap labor in the post-Civil War drew a growing number of Italians from the southern island of Sicily. Starting out as plantation workers tending the fields, the Sicilians earned a reputation for saving money and later opening up their own shops. By 1900, 20% of the grocery stores in New Orleans were Italian-owned. By 1918, that number was nearly at 50%. Wow. That's insane. So... What is, the most interesting, what is most interesting about the success of this community were the antiquated racial ideals of the time that placed Southern Italians in the exact same social status as the previously freed black people who were living in New Orleans. Two things that added to the prejudice were, uh, are actually common traits of a lot of immigrants in the community at the time. A tendency to stick to their own kind and a mutual distrust of the police. This mistrust led to the Italian community taking the law into their own hands. Disagreements between families of clans, known as vendettas, were solved with extrajudicial punishments often involving axes. If you're seeing a correlation here, you're damn right. Due to the frequency of people solving their beefs with Paul Bunyan-like flair, it was incredibly difficult to determine who was a victim of a serial killer and who just stole some grapes from old man Giuseppe's Sicilian 7-Eleven.
2: Son of a bitch.
0: Those fucking kids. Every time. If you eat the grapes in the store, it's still stealing, you asshole.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh. No free snacks.
0: Right? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's still stealing. You're still stealing from the store. Oh, great. Unless you're going to pay for, like, the bushel of grapes you rip those grapes off from.
1: All right. Note to self. Stop eating grapes in store. Okay.
0: God damn it.
2: Yeah, maybe like like check a couple quarters or something in the bag to offset yeah, the weight. Yeah, just do
1: that. At Make least it's the worst happen. I've done. So <laughs> <laughs> No axe is coming for me, <laughs> I hope.
0: So to complicate matters even further, in addition to family vendettas, there was also an early precursor to mafia-like criminal activity known as the Black Hand. Black Hand is not, in fact, despite popular belief, the mafia as we know it today. Instead, Black Hand is more a name for criminal activity. The confusion between Black Hand and Mafia comes from the similarity of their crimes and the people involved. Much like the Mafia's well-known extortion, blackmail, and protection rackets, the Black Hand operated under a similar business model. Criminals would approach Italian businessmen with either threats of blackmail for illicit affairs and criminal activity done by the victim, or they would simply offer protection to business owners by essentially saying, pay us not to fuck up your store. Should someone run afoul of the criminals enjoying black hand tactics, they often met the end uh, at the business end of an axe.
2: So it was pretty much stealthy in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. basically, Yeah. yeah. Except, except they upgraded the guns in the seventies.
0: And the thing that's interesting about all this, and, and the thing that kind of made this an interesting topic, I thought for the podcast, is that you see this with a lot of immigrant communities. They police themselves. They take care of themselves. And unfortunately, sometimes they extort themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because they they are afraid to go to the police. Because uh, maybe there maybe there's you know an undocumented immigrant in the family that they don't want uh, to get taken away by ICE. So instead. You know, they handle everything internally. And sometimes, unfortunately, that leads to, to maybe harsher than acceptable punishments. Yep. So, with all these factors in play, we've run into the confusing and diverse list of x victims, which we'll get into now. This is going to be a lot. So, do we want to take a break now? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the victims. All right. All right. I'm a Scatman. I'm mm-hmm. okay and we're back so uh we said we we're going to talk about the victims and the first two victims are joseph and katherine maggio hope i said that right maggio maggio two maggio. g's even with two g's
2: yeah like you know maggiano's like the italian restaurant okay
0: so joseph and Catherine maggio On May 23rd, 1918, Joseph and Catherine Maggio were sleeping when someone believed to be the Axeman of New Orleans broke into their apartment above the grocery store they owned. The killer slit both Joseph and Catherine's throats. It was reported that Catherine's throat was slit so deeply that her head was nearly severed completely. After slitting their throats, the killer used the Maggio's own axe to bludgeon them. Catherine Maggio would later succumb to her wounds immediately, but Joseph Maggio would live until uh, just after his two brothers, Jake and Andrew, found him. Andrew lived in an adjoining apartment to Joseph. Andrew reported that he didn't hear the attack, but was awakened later by strange sounds he heard coming through the shared wall of his brother's place. Police at the time believed that the killer used an axe to hide the cause of death by turning everyone's head into veal parmesan. In addition, the killer is believed to have left his bloody clothes at the crime scene, which not only... Uh, speaks to premeditation, but likely saved him an awkward conversation with the dry cleaners. It's a uh, marinara. I have to go return some videotapes. <laughs> 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 the straight razor used in the attack was supposedly found in a neighbor's yard. It was quickly identified as belonging to Maggio's brother, Andrew, who ran a barbershop. So I know what you're thinking. Yep. Obvious suspect, right? And according to an employee who worked at the barbershop, Andrew took the razor to be repaired days before the murder. Andrew became a suspect almost immediately, not only because of the straight razor, but also because no valuables were stolen and Andrew was not disturbed by what was likely a pretty loud fucking murder happening next door. In Andrew's defense, he was drunk at the time. (laughs) Seriously. Weren't we all? Um, He was celebrating uh, before he shipped off to the U.S. Navy. Given a lack of further evidence in reports of a suspicious person in the neighborhood at the time of the attack, Andrew was later dropped as a suspect. The next victim, this is going to get a little weird. The victim is Louis Bessemer and his mistress, Harriet Lowe. On June 27th, 1918, Louis and Harriet were both hit in the head with an axe while they slept in the residence in the rear of Louis's grocery store. Both Louis and Harriet would survive the attack, though Harriet was paralyzed in the left side of her face due to an axe wound uh, right behind her left ear. Yeah, (sighs) Um, despite the survival of both victims, I'm sure Lewis would have preferred to die because shit got real messy real quick. The axe that was used belonged to the victim, which begs the question, why do all these fucking people keep axes in the house? Like, seriously. In the city.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. I have
0: I have a hatchet and I keep it in my garage and, it, and it's hidden away because that's weird that you would keep that, like, just hanging out in your living room.
2: That Someone would conceivably break into your house and use your own axe to hit you in the head with it.
0: Yeah, it sounds dumb, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, when the shop didn't open the next morning, the unconscious bodies of Lewis and Harriet were found in pools of blood. A suspect, 41-year-old former employee of the grocery store, was soon arrested but released due to absolutely no evidence tying him to the crime. The police rationalized his arrest because he gave conflicting accounts of his whereabouts in addition to Harriet, originally stating she was attacked by, quote, please forgive me for saying this, a mulatto man. The former employee named Louis Aubicon, was an African-American. Given how poorly African-Americans were treated at the time, it's sort of understandable that Mr. Aubicon was a little rattled by the police interrogation. Shortly after the attack, it was discovered that Harriet Lowe was not Bessemer's wife. The media, never failing to focus on the wrong thing, then sensationalized the story just in time for Bessemer's wife to return from a trip out of town. At the same time, Lowe suspected the police chief was the one who leaked the story to the press and stopped cooperating, cooperating with the police. Hmm. Yeah. It actually turned out that some dickhead at the hospital was the one who released it to the police because HIPAA laws weren't a thing back then. Yeah. So during this time, the search of Bessemer's home revealed letters written in a number of different languages, including German. At a time when World War I was nearing an end, this led to Bessemer's brief arrest under suspicion that he was spying for the Germans. To add insult to injury, Harriet Lowe was dying from complications of a surgery performed to correct her paralysis. As she faded in and out of consciousness and no no doubt jacked up on painkillers like morphine, she told authorities that Bessemer was definitely a spy. Bessemer spent two days in jail before he was released, and the arresting officers were demoted for being absolute fucking morons. Harriet, still dying and still making delirious accusations, then accused Bessemer of being her attacker. Bessemer would go on to serve nine months of a life sentence before being acquitted on appeal. You know, because he would have had to fucking hit himself in the head with an axe after killing this woman. So That's difficult to do. Yeah, I feel like Trust that's me. dedication to the craft. If you're gonna if you're you know what I mean? Like that's some fucking uh scream shit. Yeah. Remember what, with that scene at the end where the kid oh, stabs himself?
2: Yeah, yeah. Just, just you oh, know, yeah. Jamie yeah. Kennedy, right?
0: Uh yeah, Jamie Kennedy and and Matthew Lillard. Yeah, when he's like, I don't know, man. It's been good to fucking ear. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway,
2: no, I was quoting Fight Club, sorry I screwed that up.
0: That's all right. It's all right. It's, I, mean, I kind of expected it from you, to be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, that was legit, though. I wasn't even playing there.
0: All right. So the appeal, uh, the appeal jury, it they deliberated for exactly ten minutes before Bessemer got off, but he spent nine months in jail for an obvious crime he didn't commit. Huh. Pretty fucked up, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how the first jury convicted him if the only other witness was dead. Yeah. and He's uh,
2: like, oh yeah, you definitely hit yourself in the head with an axe. <laughs> right.
0: How do you <laughs> yeah, fucking that was you. do that? He's like, it's obvious. Isn't it obvious, everybody? Yep. Oh my God. It's so stupid. All right. So the next victim um, is Anna Schneider. On August 5th, 1918, the 28-year-old Schneider was eight months pregnant. Her attacker struck again while the victim was sleeping. Schneider would recover from the attack and give birth to a daughter just two days after the attack. Yikes. Much like the previous two attacks, nothing was stolen. Unlike the first two attacks, police suspected that a lamp was used instead of an axe. Apparently word was getting out that like you should not leave axes lying around. I'm so hoping, they just
2: used whatever they could get their hands on. Which is a lamp. Yeah.
0: and You know, lamps back then. It was probably made oh, of yeah. fucking lead. Yeah. All right. Uh, Schneider was found by a husband who worked late nights. He was not a suspect, uh, and the attack led the police to finally believe that all five victims were related to the same suspect. Hmm. So then there was a. Uh, uh, five days later, on August 10th, Joseph Romano uh, was the next victim. He was an elderly man living with his two nieces. He was. Thank struck- you
2: for your cheese. Cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cheese. That's what I said. <laughs> His children include Ray Romano. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for Raymond. (laughs) Oh, man. So he was struck twice in the head with an axe that was later found in Romano's yard. His nieces, Pauline and Mary, heard the assault happen and arrived in Joseph's room in time to see the suspect fleeing the scene. He was described as a dark-skinned man wearing a suit and a slouchy hat. Romano died two days later. His attack spread panic throughout New Orleans, and a retired detective believed that the Axeman murders were linked to a previous spate of murders in 1911. The former detective believed the killer struck without motive, though it's unclear if he took into account the level of premeditation required for Maggio's, uh, for the Maggio murderer's presence to, of mind to change his clothing. Hmm. Unless the guy just was like, oh, these clothes are all sticky and just like yeah. got naked and ran home.
2: Yeah, he must have.
0: I mean, it is New Orleans. A naked dude running down the street is... Yeah, that you know, common, especially yeah. back then. Yeah. It'd
2: be like, oh, well, you know, too much bourbon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alright, so this story's kind of fun. Oh, too many hand grenades. Have you too ever had many. a hand grenade down there?
2: <laughs> no, I've never oh, heard God. One of those.
0: It's made with uh Everclear. Oh God. Yeah. You start talking in tongues after yeah. a while. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's a religious experience for sure. As my friend Steve will tell you. We won't get into that story though. So Charles Rosie and Mary Cordomiglia Codamiglia? Yeah, Cordomiglia. Uh March tenth, nineteen nineteen. So the killers stopped. Took a winter break. Uh, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, right? Doesn't so, get all that cold busy. in New Orleans, yeah. but you know. <laughs> so Charles' wife, Rosie, and their two-year-old daughter were all attacked in a similar fashion to the previous victims, with the door being chiseled, which is new, um, but the axe was used as a weapon. The young daughter, who was t- only two years old, died instantly, while Charles and Rosie sustained massive head injuries but survived. Ooh. The noise caused the attack... Uh, The noise caused by the attack led to neighbors from across the street, Lorando Giordano, to come and investigate. He found Rosie holding her dead child. After being taken to the hospital, Chaz and Rosie would recover. Rosie told police that Giordano and his 18-year-old son, Frank, had attacked them. She said that she had seen her husband struggling with a large man holding an axe, thought to be Frank, who was 18 years old, stood at six feet tall and weighed roughly 200 pounds. It's a big fucking Mm 18-year-old. Charles vehemently refuted these claims, but the Giordanos were arrested and convicted anyway. What's telling is during this trial, Charles actually divorced Rosie because of this, because of the accusations. Hmm. Um, a year after the conviction, Frank was just about to be hanged and Rosie recanted her testimony and the Giordanos were released. Rosie's motive for the false accusation was jealousy and spite. Wow. And that's, that's a quote from her. She said that she accused them out of jealousy and spite. Wow. How she, fucked up is that?
2: Yeah, she almost got world. them killed.
0: Yeah, it's like the Democrats in there. Witch hunts against the president. They're just jealous of his glowing skin. Yeah, seriously. In in tie-tying abilities. Wish
2: I was that orange.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Steve Boca was the next victim. August 10th, 1918. Um, 1919, excuse me. Uh, Steve was sleeping in his home and he was, uh, which was also attached to his grocery store when he was attacked. He was briefly knocked unconscious, but when he woke up, he ran out into the street to see if he could find his attacker. This is where he quickly realized that his head was smashed. So he had to go to his neighbor Frank's house where he passed out yet again. Boca fully recovered yet had no memory of the attack. Like the previous victims, his door was chiseled away and no valuables were taken.
2: Did he sell vegetable burgers at his
0: store? If he did, I wish he died <laughs> because those are disgusting, and only an animal eats something like that.
2: Okay, i was just curious.
0: All right, Sarah Loman.
2: Seems poker. know.
0: Huh? Burger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Come on, come on, Laura. Get with the times. Sarah Loman, September third, nineteen nineteen. Loman was attacked with an axe. She recovered. Um, sorry, she received a series of head injuries and lost a number of teeth. Ouch. How no. fucked up is that? Oh, God, I hate it. I can hear about terrible injuries, but once I hear teeth? somebody lost with teeth, the teeth. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. No. I'm fucking done.
0: No. Ugh. Mm, it's going to ruin prom for it's her, cringy. for sure. So her neighbors found out after coming in to check on her because she lived alone. They had to break into her apartment, and police suspected the attacker entered and escaped through an open window. The axe used was later found in her yard. She survived, but does not in any way remember the attack. Wow. Yeah, pretty messed up. All right, this is the final... Kind of a lot more survivors
2: than I expected from this story. Yeah, six
0: dead, six lived. All right, so this is the last survivor. Um, I'm sorry, this is the last uh, victim. His name is Mike Pepitone. Pepitone? Pepitone. Pepitone? T-O-N-E. I'm going to say Pepitone. That sounds right.
2: Yeah, we'll go with that.
0: All right, so Mike Pepitone, August 27, 1919. Mike was hit in the head with an axe while sleeping, just like everyone else. Mike was next to his wife. His wife woke up by the noise and witnessed a large axe-wielding man run out of the room. The blood splatter was considerable, and Mike died from his wounds. Uh. All right. So, that's those are all the victims. What are we at for time? We good? Yeah. Okay. So, shortly after the uh, Cordomiglia attack on March 14th of 1919, the Times-Picayune- posted a letter claiming to be from the Axeman. And I'm going to read this now. The date is... In Hell, March 13th, 1919. It starts... Esteemed mortals, they have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible. Even as the ether that surrounds your earth... I'm not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orlinians and your foolish police call the X-Man. I'm a sax man. <laughs> <laughs> when I see fits, I shall come to claim other victims. I alone know who they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with the blood and brains of whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. Which seems weird coming from a guy who killed a two-year-old, but alright, I'll go with it. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigation in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not amuse me but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc. I don't know what that means, but tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it has been better that they never been born than to incur the wrath of the ax man. I do not think there is a need for such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from harm. God damn it, this is a long letter. Undoubtedly, your Linians think of me a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night, at will. I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the Angel of Death. Now to be exact, at 12.15 earthly time... Just making sure he covers a time zone there, which is yeah. Great. Make sure we're not on Mars or anything. I'm glad the man had more presence of mind than the writers of the Goonies. I mean, uh, <laughs> of uh, Gremlins. Excuse me.
2: Yeah, it's like after midnight. Where, pal?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> earthly time, obviously.
2: It's like that these were these were Asian Asian uh, beings? Like you know, so are we on like Asian time? Like I don't, w- I what? And you I don't know. know.
0: On next Tuesday night, March 19th, 1919, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music. I knew I hated this guy for a reason. <laughs> so. And I swear by all the devils in the nether regions. It's the name of my sex tape. That every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going well, then so much the better for you people. There he goes again. Swear, you people. Yeah. Racist. Fuck. One thing is certain, and that is some of you people who do not jazz it on Tuesday night. If there be any, we'll get the axe. Can I just? Can I just say... Jazz it kind of sounds jazz like an it? old-timey term for masturbating. <laughs> it does, a little bit. If you're yeah. not going
2: to jazz it. <laughs> right back, I have to go jazz it.
0: Hey, where's Cliff? <laughs> I think he's jazzing it in the restroom. He saw Mary <laughs> Sue walk by and her stocking fell down. <laughs> well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tataris, and it's about time to leave your earthy home, I will cease my discourse Hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee, I have been, am, and will be, the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact, or in realm of fancy. Signed, the Axeman. Yeah, he sounds like a huge douchebag, right? And I'm like, I'm not crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm... Do they um, look at the local high school drama department?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, this guy's a fucking incel. He reminds me of Elliot Roger. Do you guys ever see the Elliot Roger videos? No. Oh, he's just this pompous little douchebag who girls won't date because he talks like he's a fucking drama teacher, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, he just sucks.
2: I assume we'll get into theories later. So. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. we
0: will. So, on March 19th, 1919, New Orleans was hopping. Every house either played jazz or was empty because the residents were at a party that played jazz. Folklore says that the Axeman stopped murdering after this night at Jazz, but as a victim list accounts for, there were three more potential victims. Uh, after the last murder, police continued to investigate, but no further murders were linked to the 1918-1919 assaults by the New Orleans police. And with that, we should take a break before we get into theories. All right. Sound good? S-
2: sounds great. What, what, what are we going to talk about over the break? Like, Are we going to advertise anything? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just has to be a surprise,
0: right? Given our normal, our normal way of doing things, we'll probably be advertising. You know, whatever happens after the election. Oh uh, yeah, it takes a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's gonna take to a long these.
2: time. So. Just, I hope you all get your guns and stuff and
0: <laughs> ready to hunker down. Buy some gold. Apparently yeah, that some helps gold. somehow. Some blankets and some soup. Get some Bitcoin. Someone yeah. <laughs> told me to get Bitcoin. And pay your damn bills. All right, we'll be back. Let's go, bye. I'm a scat man. All right, it's time for some theories. So, um, I'm not going to go too crazy here. Some suggest that the murders after the Cordomiglias were copycat crimes. And others suggest that Mike Peppertone's murder was actually the result of a vendetta, which in some ways was an easy way for police to dismiss a murder with little or no investigation. Because nobody would talk to the police back then. So. You could just say, "Oh, it was a vendetta." No one's going to tell us what happened. So others suggest that the Men continued to kill, but chose to leave New Orleans to do it. His suspected victims outside of New Orleans include Joseph Sparrow and his daughter in December nineteen twenty, Giovanni Orlando, January nineteen twenty one, and Frank Scalisi, April nineteen
2: twenty one. Where Where were those?
0: Uh still in New, in, um, still in Louisiana, just in different towns. Gotcha. So, in an article by WBUR, a professional of communication and journalism at the University of New Mexico named Dirk Gibson, who also specializes- Not Kirk Gibson? Dirk.
2: He didn't play for the Dodgers.
0: He did not. His name was Dirk. Just double checking. Which, by the way, when you name your kid Dirk, like, what are you you thinking? Hey, Dirk. Hey, Dirk. What kind of name is that?
2: I don't know. Dirk Nowitzki was a great basketball player, so-
0: Dirk sounds like a noise you make after you eat a burrito. Derek. Yeah right
2: Yeah I'm really full
0: oh, I Just jerked all over myself Alright so he specializes In serial murder as well uh, He reports there were Over a dozen attacks On Italian grocers From 1918 to 1919 All of them Were attacked With their own axes WBUR also reports That the media at the time Much like today Filled the pages Of their papers With wild speculation And salacious details That only added To the hysteria Doesn't sound familiar At all does it Mm-mm. No Nothing like that Ever happened again Little is known about who the Axeman was, though there is a suspect. In 1912, a couple was shot and one of them was killed. Written accounts at the time refer to the suspect as someone whose last name was Momfrey, M-O-M-F-R-E. Uh, a true crime writer jumped to this dubious claim that uh, the most likely suspect in the Axeman murder is a small-time criminal named Joseph Momfrey, or Monfrey, uh, with an N instead of an M after the O. Um... Which is not super unusual last name in the 1900s New Orleans. A scholar named Richard Warner believes that the man known as Frank Doc Mumphrey, spelled M-U-M-P-H-R-Y, is the most likely suspect. Uh, Mumphrey went by the alias Leon Joseph Mumphrey or Monfrey. However, another true crime author named Miriam Davis points out that Doc Mumphrey was in jail during the time of many of these murders. Hmm. Davis also suggests that the Sicilian nationality of many of the victims was a the reason they were targeted. She believes that a poorly educated white man killed the victims out of resentment that non-whites, which is what Sicilians were considered at the time, were doing too well for their place in society. Hmm. Right? Kind of an interesting theory. A different and slightly more unhinged theory suggests that the man was actually a disgruntled black jazz musician. Though the black community pioneered jazz, it would be an Italian musician named Nick LaRocca who would make the first commercially available jazz recording in 1917. While the album was not exactly jazz as we know it because it was no improvisation, LaRocca had the balls to claim that he invented jazz music, which is a little like early explorers, saying they discovered places that entire nations of fucking people lived there. (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah. Looking at you, Christopher Columbus. Yeah,
0: right. And then finally, before I wrap up, uh, on the theory section, there's a strong evidence, um, there is strong evidence that the letter uh, received by the Times-Picayune was actually a hoax. Miriam Davis notes that just after the Man's letter, a musician named John Joseph Davila released sheet music for a song titled, God, this is a stupid title, uh, The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz, Don't Scare Me Papa. Ooh. Really, dude? That was, that was the name you went with.
2: Yeah. That's, it that sounds like an 80s Motley Crue song. Right.
0: He could stop it. Don't scam me, Papa. Well, cause it all those 80s songs
2: that. had like the parentheses in them, you yeah. know, like don't need nothing parentheses, but a good time. You know, it was a poison song. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, they, they all had the, like those parentheses for like the extra part of the title. Yeah. It's that's so unnecessary.
0: It like. Um, and then the song made him an insane amount of money at the time. Um, so, and that song came out right after the letter, but before the jazz party. Hmm. So, of course, everybody's going to want that song played at their party, right? Yeah, sure. So, the song made him an insane amount of money. And if you check out Miriam Davis's book, The Axeman in New Orleans, The True Story, um, you'll get a little bit more insight into that into that whole situation. So, what do we think for Theories?
2: I feel like it was just a bunch of copycats under the guise of like a serial killer going around. And I think the jazz thing was pretty much just trolling people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm I, still, I'm still struggling while everybody has in New Orleans had axes in their house. Yeah. They, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't I strike
0: me as like a very wooded cause place. Cause yeah, it wasn't very, know? well, maybe I mean, what, it was at the time. What are they
1: doing with axes?
0: It yeah. really bothers me. i yeah, like, there's no need, need for what do you need all this. those axes for?
1: That's like people who live in the city and they, they drive pickup trucks. I'm like, you do not need a pickup truck in the city.
0: Yeah. You can't even parallel park that thing. No, It doesn't make any sense. And, but if we look back onto um, the Lizzie Borden story, they her parents were killed with their own axe in the backyard. They had the axe in the backyard, and the killer brought it in, killed them, and then, you know, put the axe back outside.
2: Well, I suppose if you know that everyone owns an axe, you're not going to show up at someone's house with an axe. You're just going to find theirs. Get it because like you're but walking after, down you're walking down the street with an axe like you're gonna look suspicious. Well,
1: yeah, absolutely. But after like you know you hear like oh two two incidences of axe murders they they were murdered with their
2: yeah maybe axes. hide your
0: axe maybe
1: you get rid of your
2: axe <laughs> yeah, maybe don't well, put what, it, it put like, it under the bed uh, or like yeah.
0: no don't put it under the bed in a closet no put, you throw in the dumpster down the street put the axe somewhere where no one's gonna use it to bludgeon you in the head with seriously so. well just
2: leave it in the shed nobody will find it in
0: here. <laughs> So the other yard tools, I think in the case of the Italian grosses, this is, this is probably a black hand situation.
2: Yeah. Like you said, everybody was, didn't nobody trusted the cops. So they just took care of their own business.
0: So I think it's a big case of them just trying to take care of business. And then I think in in the other cases, like there's one in here, the one victim who was smashed with a lamp. Yeah. I mean, that could have just been a husband Yeah, he wasn't a suspect and he was at work that night, but you know what I mean? Was he at work? Exactly. There were no cameras. There was no punch clocks back yeah, then. Nobody knew. Yeah. So it, it's shady in general, but I, I definitely don't think the Axe Man in New Orleans wrote that letter, for sure. No, not at all.
1: I think the jazz music and the axe murdering are two separate things. I think somebody jumped on the fanaticism of the whole axe murder serial killer thing and then was like, you know what? Let's bring jazz music. Let's just have a big party.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then
1: like, okay, everybody on this date, you're going to have jazz music playing if you don't want to get killed.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, when, uh, people told you if you flashed your high beams at someone who was driving with their headlights off, yeah, they would yep. turn around and come and kill you as a gang initiation. Yes. It's just I two know. completely unrelated things that someone tied together. Cause it made for an interesting story.
2: Yeah. So well, that's, that's it,
0: it. That's what we got.
2: Jasmine.
0: Are we ready for some dick news?
2: I mean, no. are we ever yes. not ready for dick news?
0: All right. Let's, uh. Oh, was I supposed to look one up? No, no, no! I, I got it. Okay, I okay. get I'll take care of it. Good. A GoPro for your dick. Perfect.
1: <laughs> really? Perfect.
2: Wait! All GoPros aren't for your dick.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. So, a first story comes from Vice News. Oh, good. Uh, the headline is: This GoPro for your dick is ridiculous.
2: That's, that's a lot of dicks.
0: I like the ridiculous. That was good. You can now buy the cock cam. A cock ring with a camera on it, starting at $160. Remember that viral video of the dog wearing a GoPro camera on its neck? (laughs) 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 Now imagine this video, but the dog is your dick. Bravo, Vice. Bravo. Well done. (laughs) So apparently you can record all your erotic moments. It never... (laughs) Never before seen angles. I feel like if you're doing it doggy style though, it's just gonna keep like showing the butthole over and over. Yeah, again. yeah.
1: Right? I don't. Yeah,
0: probably. It's not really yeah. a. It's not really. I never thought to myself, "Hey, this porn would be a lot better if I could view it from the angle of the penis."
2: Yeah, because I think you can all just imagine in your head like what that would look like yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah. Like, and if, then if you, you don't, don't even need to... imagination. Like, it's like, no, nah, I don't. know.
0: Plus, if this uh-uh. GoPro is like super. High def? Yeah, oh, yeah. What kind of bad things are you going to see? No. You know I mean, you're looking up your girlfriend's mm. nose. No. Or boyfriend's yeah. nose. I'm, I don't judge. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's, that's, no, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. I don't want that. No. Stop selling that, please.
1: There's things you
0: shouldn't see. Yeah. It's like
1: childbirth. When they're like, do you want to see? No, I don't want to see anything. No,
0: exactly. Just get the, get the thing out. We've all experienced enough of that to be like, yeah. you know what? I I believe that's you, what it would look like. You
2: do not need that in 4K, I'm sorry. Or it's, slow motion.
0: Thoroughly unnecessary.
2: Or time-lapse. It just doesn't... <laughs> Right. Thinking think of all the GoPro functions, uh, yeah. no, I'm not
0: okay. Time lapse, <laughs> time lapse, lapse. Oh, my <laughs> time lapse right? Uh, my time lapse would would be like two seconds. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You wouldn't even see it. It would just be like. <laughs> 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 all right, so uh, puppetry of the penis performer suffers nasty work-related injury. This is from the Daily News. Um, <laughs> he suffered for his art. Guy named David Friend, who was a co-creator, suffered a serious in- injury in one of the tools of his trade when he sat on a corkscrew. Ow! Um, is, out wait, of context, what? that doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? How are you gonna? Explain so had, this, this had
2: nothing this. to do with his profession, but he just happened to sit on a corkscrew.
1: I, I think you
0: need to. Oh boy! Mm, all right, this is gold. This is like this is. This is special territory. If you're cringe worthy, if you're the kind of person that, that is uncomfortable with penile injuries, you might want to turn this off now. His testicle reportedly turned a deep shade of purple as a result of the unfortunate incident. He was performing uh, an audience participation. What does that look like in puppetry of the penis? Uh,
2: he's like, here, come here. I I have no idea.
0: I feel like mine wouldn't last long. I'd be like, here, hold it. Okay, well, now I need (laughs) to (laughs) tell. Jeez. (laughs) So he was doing a, a genital origami installation called the Bulldog. Oh. The corkscrew was reportedly in the pocket of a spectator who came to see the Fringe Festival show after taking a wine tour.
1: Oh,
0: and he sat on the person's lap. So he kind of deserved it. I mean, frankly, if you're not wearing mm-hmm. any yeah. clothes and you're doing a thing with your penis and you sit in my lap, whatever happens to you is your own fault. Oh, uh, so painful. He's expected to be out of service for about a week. Yeah. Disorders. That makes sense. And uh, that's fucking gross. Okay, uh, last one. Uh, it's titled, Those Penis Rings. Welcome to True Horror. This is from the Star. Apparently, uh, the use of penis rings seems to have picked up in Malaysia.
2: Just Malaysia?
0: It's kind of weird that they're isolating it to just Malaysia.
2: Is that like that their COVID boredom ta- uh, tactic? Just you know?
0: Surprisingly, no. No. This story came out in March 2017. But oh, I just oh, okay, so it. it's
2: an oldie but a goodie.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So a lot of cases are being reported of firemen coming to rescue. To remove the rings Ugh. off your dick. Uh, that may be merely embarrassing, but there's also a real danger. If a penis is left in a ring too long, it could result in impotency or worse, amputation, <gasps> says urologist. Don't use that. Please don't cut off my dick, ever. <clears throat> um, a ring that's left on for more than six hours could result in impotence due to damaged nerves and blood supply. Yeah. In the worst case scenario, when a man actually leaves it on for more than a day, the construction becomes tighter, starts eroding into the penis and getting infected and becomes necrotic. Necrosis means cell death. I don't know, sir. Don't like that. Mm -mm. Uh, So I'm not going to keep scrolling here. Um, A man on... uh, There's a guy who had that happen for more than 12 hours. In January of 2017, another guy had a dick stuck in a ring for three days. Well, another had to be similarly rescued in December 2016. Kuala Lumpur Fire and Rescue is very busy, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Don't. I've never won a cock ring. No. I don't. What does it do? I don't know. Anybody, if you know what a cock ring does, don't tell us. Um, <laughs> I'd rather make up what it does. Yeah, I... If you want to
1: accessorize. Put a little charm on it. Right? Like pretty? a little
0: dangly charm? Yeah, but don't you, like, put it on, like, the base? Yeah, it goes all the way down to the bottom. That I do know. What's I've seen the... it in enough porn to understand what it does. Does it... I don't know what it does, though. Yeah, it says here in the article you can only wear latex once.
2: But well, yeah, if you're going to wear, like, metal or something, forget it, dude. You're...
0: Yeah, but what if you're a member of, like, a fucking death metal band? Well, then you're into, like, the piercings. Yeah, nothing's like. more metal than an uh, iron cock ring, though, right? Right. <laughs> you just take your chances. You take your chances. I just, and but oh I don't God. understand why,
2: though. Like, I,
0: I, Maybe it makes it last longer? Uh, Deadens the sensation so you, you don't, you know, blow uh, your top too early? I, I would think it would just get in the way, but whatever. Do you wear it while you're jazzing it? <laughs> <laughs> or, is, or is it a, do you wear it during a sex act or can you can you go solo with a cock ring? Uh, I suppose if you
2: can do one you can do the other. But
0: I wonder so that's the thing though, is if it's just purely to last longer, I feel like. I've never been masturbating and been like, wow, I wish this never ended. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe it's not for that then.
0: All right. Well, um, <laughs> This has been a disturbing episode that ended in tragedy. Yeah.
2: No, all around, all around.
0: All right, well, thank you for, for listening. If you made it this far. Um, be safe. And uh, if you're gonna jazz it, don't use the good tells.
2: Yeah, tweet us your cockerings. No yeah.
0: way. No, <laughs> no, maybe not. Just tweet us your cockering stories. No, thank you. Stories. Not no, not the actual rings. And and if you're worried about anybody knowing it was you, be like my friend wore a cock ring once yeah do it that way
2: we only want stories we do not
0: want photos no no photos please or if you're gonna send photos send them to at real (laughs) Donald Trump on Twitter because he's he's part of this podcast I don't know if you guys knew this but we're actually part of QAnon that's true Mm -hmm. yes no and he he loves to get those he does he does it uh, makes him feel better about his own yeah weird penis yeah mushroom shaped yeah All right, well, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, good night.